When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to Muskegon History and Beyond, a podcast from the Lakeshore Museum Center. Today's topic is about the urban renewal project in downtown Muskegon in the 1960s and 70s. Urban renewal was a land redevelopment program used to address blight in cities. The purpose was to modernize and improve aging infrastructure by replacing or repurposing buildings and facilities. This process involves privately owned properties within a designated renewal area being purchased or taken by eminent domain by a municipal redevelopment authority. The buildings are then raised and reconveyed to select developers who devote them to other uses. Between 1949 and 1974, the United States Department of Housing and Urban Development, HUD, underwrote this process through a grant and loan program. Although the money was federal, local governments developed and implemented renewal plans. The underlying idea behind HUD's actions was that these programs would create new opportunities for businesses, housing, and other developments which could restore economic viability to urban areas that may have fallen into disrepair due to expanding suburban areas. The city of Muskegon sent a plan to HUD in 1968. They asked for $9.1 million. This plan included the following key points. Western Avenue would be closed to pedestrians only from Terrace to Third. Parking facilities would be built adjacent to a shopping center. This shopping center would be a two-story enclosed climate-controlled galleria housing shops and connecting to upper levels of parking structures. There would be a main plaza area for downtown displays, gatherings, and special events. There would also be construction of a convention center near the arena on 4th and Western. The deadline from HUD to move from planning to action was November 28, 1968. A delay any longer would result in the funding being lost. Therefore, the Muskegon City Commission voted on October 8th to hold a special election on December 17, 1968. HUD approved of this action and extended the deadline for Muskegon past the vote. Though the idea for a downtown mall had been in the works since 1957, there was still public debate over this new urban renewal plan. Letters to the editor of the Muskegon Chronicle around the time of the vote show the varied opinion of Muskegonites at the time. James Brummel wrote, quote, Here's the choice we have in the December 17 election. Vote no and let downtown become a slum. Vote yes for a new beautiful downtown that will mean additional jobs and income for Muskegon residents, end quote. Roy Fairfield said, quote, we don't admit to ourselves just how bad parts of downtown Muskegon look today. We do see that there are more empty stores, more and more empty office spaces in the older buildings. We do notice that suburban shopping centers are springing up and around the outskirts of Muskegon, but we don't often put all of these things together and think about what they add up to. 
the fact that downtown Muskegon is going downhill, end quote. Grace Hostler was against the plan. She wanted to shift downtown Muskegon entirely from the Western Avenue area to the intersection of Getty and Broadway in order to consolidate Muskegon with surrounding cities and townships to create a larger tax base. Additionally, Mrs. Hostler thought that the city commissioners had already spent thousands of dollars on this plan with little public input, and it was time for the citizens to have a say. Other arguments against the proposal included the concern that buildings would be demolished before a developer was committed to the project, that small businesses with buildings on the schedule for demolition would struggle to reopen elsewhere, that the plan calls for a mall with two anchor stores, but no merchants had committed to being one of those anchors, and no other urban renewal project in the nation had yet to recover the tax base that it eliminated for the new build. Arguments in support of the plan included new job opportunities, new public housing options, and the expansion of public parking in downtown Muskegon. The day before the election, a Muskegon Chronicle editorial showed that the paper had strong support for the plan. The headline was, quote, Downtown Reborn or Slow Death by Stagnation, One Real Choice Tuesday, Vote Yes, end quote. The editorial goes on to discuss the concern over increasing taxes by pointing out that no tax increases are included in the Urban Renewal Plan because all of the funding will come from the federal government. On December 17, 1968, the Urban Renewal Plan was adopted by city residents with a two-to-one margin. With this approval, HUD provided the grant and the city began the work of redeveloping Western Avenue. Their plan involved the demolition of dozens of buildings on Western Avenue, including some that had stood in place since the 1890s. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. One of the main areas targeted was Muskegon's Flatiron, an intersection where Market, Western, and Jefferson came together in front of the post office. Part of the motivation behind this demolition was the NK Theater on Market, which showed adult films. As the demolition and redevelopment continued, including the groundbreaking for the new mall in 1974, the city faced lawsuits from several business owners along Western Avenue. None of the owners were successful in their suits, as space for their businesses was to be provided inside the new mall. It was also during this time that both Sears and Steckities agreed to be anchor stores for the new mall. One of Paul Steckity's stipulations was that his store have a designated parking lot. The development of this end of the mall and parking lot near 3rd Street would become one of the most controversial and enduring parts of the urban renewal plan. Along 3rd Street between Clay and Western Avenue sat the Occidental Hotel. It was an impressive structure, eight stories tall. The original was rebuilt after a fire in the 1850s. The property was bought in 1864 by lumberman Lyman Mason, and after a first failed attempt, 
Mason reopened the hotel as the Occidental in 1868. From there, the building grew and flourished. A tap room and soda shop were highlights for locals and visitors alike. A grand ballroom was perfect for hosting events. And many locals today still fondly remember the Occidental Hot Fudge Sunday. But by the 1970s, the building had closed and fallen into disrepair. The city of Muskegon was thus able to claim the building using eminent domain procedures in court. So on April 13, 1975, the Occidental Hotel was demolished. Hundreds of Muskegon residents watched this demolition occur from across downtown Muskegon. The new downtown Muskegon Mall opened to Grand Fair and Fair in 1976. The mall was hugely successful at the start. Merchants noted record sales, shoppers loved the enclosed structure, and added touches like a grand fountain made the mall an enjoyable shopping experience. But the new mall was not without its hiccups. A public bathroom was not added until 17 months after the grand opening, and ordinances were passed about sitting too long on benches to deter teens from loitering in the mall space. By the 1990s, a hodgepodge system of owners left the mall in a state of flux. The city owned part of the mall, and several private developers had ownership over different storefronts inside the mall. This led to confusion and finger-pointing about things like rent prices, taxes, and general upkeep of the public areas. The 90s also saw the end of notable downtown retailers like Hardy Herpelsheimers. The death knell for the downtown mall was the 1999 announcement of a new mall in Fruitport Township off of US 31 near a burgeoning strip mall section. The end of the downtown mall further came when Sears announced that it would be leaving the downtown mall to be an anchor store for the new mall. The downtown Muskegon Mall closed in 2001 and demolition began in November of 2003. With the mall's demolition, a new era of development began for downtown Muskegon. First was the rebuilding of Western Avenue, including a roundabout at 3rd Street. In 2008, a statue by Chicago artist Richard Hunt, Together Rising, was installed in the center of the roundabout. 2008 also saw the opening of the Heinz and Sidock buildings. In 2009, we had the opening of Baker College's Culinary Institute. In the near 15 years since, development has only continued at an ever-increasing pace along not only Western Avenue, but Clay, Terrace, and Pine as well. While the development of downtown Muskegon is ongoing to this day, 2021 saw the opening of something that was 50 years in the making. If you remember, the initial 1968 urban renewal plan included a convention center built by L.C. Walker Arena. 2021 saw that grand opening of the Van Dyke Mortgage Convention Center right next to the arena. Thank you for listening to this episode of Muskegon History and Beyond, a podcast from the Lakeshore Museum Center. Mm -hmm.